BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. An incredibly deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. With LinkedIn ads, you'll be able to target over 70 million decision makers all in one place. No deep voice required. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mark Moss Show where we talk about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing, radically changing right before our very eyes, you know, for good and for better. We're moving from a world of moving towards globalization and centralization to a world of decentralization from one global superpower to multipolar world, uh, one global reserve asset to multi. Uh, global reserve assets. And we're witnessing this all in real time. And there's winners, there's losers, there's some good, there's some bad. And um, you can like it or hate it, but it's happening. Now, some of the goods, though, in my opinion, are that I believe in individualism. I believe in individual rights. And I believe that my life should be my life to make decisions as I see fit, not for some guy in another country that I don't even know to decide what is best for me here. Over the last couple of days, I've been watching this uh, docu-series on Netflix called... Um, how to become a tyrant, I think it is. It's pretty cool. And it kind of looks at uh, it looks at the, the the known tyrants of our kind of more common time, which is uh, really it was uh, Stalin, uh, Mao, um, Hitler, of course, um, Muammar Gaddafi, uh, Saddam Hussein, and uh, kind of talked about them. And it talked about you know, the, these were dictators. So these were very extreme examples of this, but how these dictators basically want to rule their whole country and like whatever they thought just had to be done. And so like, you know, they didn't like, uh, for example, one of the, one of them didn't like dogs. So in the capital city that you weren't allowed to have dogs, just, that was it. Right. And, and that's just one example. I mean, the, the most absurd things, but what happens is, is that, um, oh, another one, I think it was Qaddafi said, uh, we, we need to be, we need to be, um, we need to be self-sufficient. We can't rely on other countries. And so we want, every citizen now has to raise chickens. We can't buy chickens anymore. We have to raise chickens. So everyone has to have chickens. And it's like, do people even know how to raise chickens? Do they have room to raise chickens? And then what are all the unintended consequences of trying to everyone having a chicken? Have you thought about that? And so it's like, no, they haven't. And, and, and basically it highlights that one person or one group of people just cannot have 
the information necessary to run a society for all these people that they don't know. These are complex systems. And so I, for one, am not for these giant centralized complex systems. They've been proven time and time and time and time again to be fragile and to fail and to cause massive hardships and pain. Uh, every one of these tyrant situations that I've uh, just kind of walked through real quickly have led to massive devastation and loss, massive loss of human life and so forth. Um, you know, through through what happened in, in Russia and through Hitler and, and through Mao's Great Leap Forward, it's led to over 100 million people just starving to death alone, not even including all the people that they killed on purpose. Uh, but just the starvation because you can't manage to that level. Um, and that's what happens. And so um, we have been moving on this fast fast track path towards centralization, and that is changing rapidly on uh, right on cue, on a, on a 250-year time frame. That this happens. And so I like to look at some of the signposts and we can see how this is happening right before our very eyes. One of the things I've been talking about over the last several weeks that it's been encouraging for me is to see um, the largest asset manager in the world, um, Evil Inc., we'll call them, one of the most evil companies who have basically taken your money and weaponized it against you. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about BlackRock. BlackRock is the largest asset manager, and they have taken your money. So if you look at uh, publicly traded companies, so go to you know NASDAQ, S&P 500, look at these publicly traded companies, and just go look at who owns all these companies. And who owns almost every publicly traded company is BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. BlackRock, being the largest one, owns almost all these companies. And how do they own all these companies? Where did they get all this money? It was $10 trillion. Now it's down to about $8 trillion. They've lost a lot. Um where do they get all this money? Well, it's your money. It's your pensions. It's your 401ks. And then they take this money and then they use it to push things that you don't want. I've been talking about this quite a bit. Uh, the reason why I've been talking about it quite a bit is one, stop giving them your money. You can easily learn to manage your money on your own rather than giving it to somebody who wants to use it against your best interests. Um, that's step one. Or you can give it to other companies who might not hate you quite as much. Um, and so we've seen massive pushback on BlackRock and their number one uh, ideology that they've been pushing, which is ESG, environmental social governance. And so we've been seeing massive pushback. We saw multiple states, one after another, after another, pulled their money or divested their money, taking it back from BlackRock and said, because of your ESG mandates, we're doing this. Um, then we saw 19 Republican-led states have filed lawsuits against BlackRock and other banks um, for harming their states, harming their uh, people, harming uh, or, or damaging what's called a fiduciary duty to make them the most money. And now we can see that BlackRock is facing even more blowback over ESG as the GOP pressure mounts. So now that the GOP pressure is building, now that the, we've gone through the midterms, um, there's a lot of... Uh, pressure building up on BlackRock. It says it's been a tough couple of weeks for BlackRock, the world's largest money manager, which endured fresh blows from Republican officials sharply critical of ESG. Texas said one of its Senate, uh, one of its Senate committees had issued a subpoena requesting documents about BlackRock's environmental social governance, ESG practices, and asked for at least one of six executives, including the CEO, Larry Fink, to attend a December 15th hearing. On the same day, Vanguard Group, one of BlackRock's main rivals, withdrew 
from the world's largest climate finance coalition, creating a potential selling point to anti-ESG clients. Hmm. So you see what's happening there? So remember, I told you there's three companies that own basically all the publicly traded companies, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. BlackRock is pushing this ESG narrative, pedal to the metal, working against the best interests of their people. And so now they're getting pushback on this. People are taking their money away. Republican lawmakers are subpoenaing them, bringing them into court. And on the same day that uh, that BlackRock CEO Larry Fink was called to attend a hearing, Vanguard, the second biggest one, the main rival of BlackRock, said, you know what? We're done. We're out. We're out of this, uh, what they call climate finance coalition. We're out of this ESG. Uh, last week, it said it would pull about $2 billion from BlackRock because of its ESG, inv- uh, or F- Florida said it would pull $2 billion from BlackRock because of its ESG investments. And Governor Ron DeSantis' administration is urging the manager of its pension to remove BlackRock as an asset manager. And so we're seeing this go down. The battle over sustainable investing comes as the 10 largest ESG funds by assets have posted double-digit losses this year, some even more than the S&P 500's decline. BlackRock's $20 billion iShares ESG aware uh, uh, ETF is down about 19%. Vanguard's was down 22%. And so they're hitting them where it counts, where the money counts. It says... Um, Yeah, BlackRock has been a political target among Republicans. At the same time, the firm has emphasized that it continues to manage fossil fuel investments. So now they're going out on this uh, PR campaign saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, We're not as bad as as you think we are. We're not as evil as we think we are. And so this is what I'm encouraged by. And this is what I, I, I continue to highlight these stories. And I will continue to do this because we're winning. This is how we win. We vote with our money. Most people just haven't really taken the time to think about this. Like, what are the things that you care about? What are the things that you want? And then support those things. And this is why companies working for profits is really the best goal. If I care about companies that um, give back to my community, then I'm going to spend my money with those companies. And a company that wants to get ahead in my community is going to donate money to get ahead. They're going to fund the schools, they're going to fund the parks, why would they give that money up? Well, they do it in order to get more business from people like you and I who care about those things. If you just tune in and listen to the Mark Moss Show, we're talking about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing right before our very eyes. I got a couple more stories to cover, some big breaking stuff. You don't want to miss it. Don't go away. I'm going to be right back. It's that time of year again. The U.S. Mint is making the new 2024 American Silver Eagle and American Gold Eagle coins, and there's no better time to buy than now. Gold rose 23% in the past 13 months, and silver's up 27%. Plus, they're both still climbing. Get the newest gold and silver coins of the year from my trusted friends at Universal Coin and Bullion by calling 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Their company president, Dr. Mike Fulgens, is America's gold expert, and he recently met with financial guru Steve Forbes to discuss trends in precious metals. And both experts agree that gold could hit 2,500 an ounce in 2024. That's nearly a 25% gain from today's price per ounce. If you want to make a sound money investment, then add gold and silver to your portfolio now and keep adding as part of your regular investment strategy. Gold's been used as money for over 2,500 years. Call Universal Coin and Bullion at 1-800-UCB-GOLD. That's 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Or check out universalcoin.com slash 
slash Mark Moss. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, the way that the world is changing from a globalized, globalist, centrally controlled world to a decentralized uh, world back to individual rights and freedoms. And I was talking about before the break, uh, again, talking about again, how I, I've, been, I've been bringing it up as much as I can, this, this pushback that we have to this globalist agenda. Now, I know that by 2030, the goal is for you to own nothing and be happy. I know that's become somewhat of a meme these days, but it's true. It's on their website. This, this didn't start from nowhere, all right? And it didn't start at the WEF either. The UN started the Sustainable Development Goals decades ago. They started with an Agenda 2020, and now they have an Agenda 2030. This isn't conspiracy. This is their plan. It's their goal. They have it written down. All right. And there's, there was 17 points under the sustainable development goals, 17 points they're trying to transform the world undo, into. And there are 17 points that I don't necessarily agree with. And you might not either. And so you should read those. You should become aware of um, the goal of how they're trying to reshape this world and what the goal, what the world would look like. If you want to know what the world would look like for your kids and your grandkids, uh, for you, it might just happen by stance for you. Most people go through life as passengers. Uh, there's a new term the kids are using these days. My kids uh, have, have alerted me to it. And they call people NPCs or non-player characters. And so like if there's like another kid that's like not really well known, nobody knows them, they're not, they don't have anything going on, they call them an NPC. And uh, in a video game, you're obviously a character in a video game, right? And and you're, you're the hero or whatever you are, right? And there's lots of other people in the game, but those are non-player characters. They're just there to play that role. You know what I'm saying? And so that, that's what kids use, use these days. And, and I, as I've thought about this, I've talked about it with my kids and my wife, and there really are a lot of these NPCs in life. They are. Most people in life are NPCs. They're just going through life, going through the motions. They're not... 
They're not trying to change their life or change the world or the direction. They're not trying to build it. They're not the character. They're just an NPC. And so most people haven't really thought through where the world is going. But there are a lot of people who have. And there are a lot of people who have plans for what the world looks like in 10 years and 20 years and 50 years. And if you care about that, if you care about what the world looks like for your grandkids, then you should look into these people who have these plans and then ask yourself if you like that. And if not, then maybe do something about it. All right. They've written books. There's lots of books. Uh, start with Klaus Schwab's books. Read The Fourth Industrial Revolution. Read COVID-19, The Great Reset. Read his latest book, The Great Narrative. Read those. Go to the website, World Economic Forum. Read their blog posts. Um, you know, Read uh, Mark Carney's book, Values. He tells you the world is not going to be better. He tells you. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go deep into that. But my point is, is that we need to take action and work to building the life that we want, the world that we want for future generations. Now, I know it's not for everybody. Like, you have to, you have to do a little bit better in your life in order to look a little bit further ahead. I like to say I, I grew up racing dirt bikes, and so in racing we'd say the fat, the farther I can see, the faster I can go. So if I was on an open road going driving through the middle of a you know, the middle of the desert, for example, I could go hundred miles an hour. No problem. Right. I can see forever. The roads as straight as it can be, but if it's raining really hard or it's like super foggy, I got to slow way down because I can't see very far. Right. And so you might have the guy on the street, the homeless person, the drug addict on the street, and all he can think about the farthest he can see is like that next hit maybe. Right. And then you have a guy who can only see like paycheck to paycheck day to day and then paycheck to paycheck and then maybe month to month. And then you go all the way to the other end of the spectrum where you got the Bill Gates of the world and they're looking out multiple generations ahead. And so you got to start looking, looking further out, looking further out and people are doing that. And so step one, I know this is overwhelming and daunting and most of us just want to live our lives and that's fine. I get it, right? We want a better life for ourselves, for our family. I want to spend time with my family. I want to spend time to enjoy myself but at least what you could do is you could figure out what the goals are, um, who has certain visions and goals, and at least just back those people. And then you don't have to do the work. And there's people doing that. I see this right here. Um, this week, Disney investor sues company, alleging criticism over Florida's parental rights. And so um, Disney um, would decide to go woke. They decided that Disney wanted to be involved in politics, and they wanted to create a bill um, which was which was called uh, Florida's Parental Rights Education Bill. Um, it was actually, they were calling it something about uh, don't say gay bill. And Disney said that they wanted to get involved and, and, and push this. And, um, and uh, it, was, it was signed into law by uh, Ron DeSantis and forbids schools to restrict parents' access to information about their children's mental, emotional, and physical health. So schools didn't want to give the parents information on the kids. And so Disney got involved in this and uh, Ron DeSantis basically said, don't, don't get involved. And they did. And they said, okay, look, then you're going to lose your, uh, your uh, tax exempt status. And by getting involved in that, it cost Disney a lot of money. Now, uh, supposedly the CEO didn't want to, but because of so much pushback by the employees, angry employees, the company decided to get involved. Well, then they lost their, um, they lost their special municipal district. 
which had been in place since 1967, and they lost their tax status, status and now it cost uh, Disney shareholders lots of money. Now, the thing that's key here is that the CEO of a company has a fiduciary duty, meaning a legal duty, to do the best that he can for the company and return as best as much return on capital to the shareholders. So by getting involved in politics had nothing to do with returning equity to the equity owners. They're just pushing politics for what? What were they what, were the, what was Disney trying to push politics for? And so by doing that, um, they pushed their political ideology and lost their tax exempt status and cost the company hundreds of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. And so now one person here has now sued um, them over this situation. And I think it's about time. I've been asking myself, as a matter of fact, I have a friend who's a great grandson of Walt Disney, a great grandson, and their family obviously still owns a massive amount of of stock in the company. And I asked him about this and I asked if they were going to do anything about this. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But here we have Disney investor Kenneth Simone filed a 22-page lawsuit against Disney, demanding the company deliver its internal records regarding its objections to the Florida bill. Um, According to Simone's lawsuit, Disney's criticism of the law created a significant financial risk to the company's shareholders. And so all it takes is one person like Kenneth to see the direction that the world is going and push back on that. Support the companies that you want, spend your money there, buy their stock, support them. And if they work against your interest, you can either decide to pull your money or you can do something like Kenneth did and you can hold them to their financial duty. And that's how we changed the world. Now, of course, the CEO that did this lost his job. Another CEO has been put in place and Disney's on a completely different trajectory today. That's how we change the world. If you're tuning in and listening to the Mark Moss Show, we're talking about the way the world is changing. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. I got a lot more stories to cover when I come back. Don't go away. Bring it back. It's that time of year again. The U.S. Mint is making the new 2024 American Silver Eagle and American Gold Eagle coins, and there's no better time to buy than now. Gold rose 23% in the past 13 months, and silver's up 27%. Plus, they're both still climbing. Get the newest gold and silver coins of the year from my trusted friends at Universal Coin and Bullion by calling 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Their company president, Dr. Mike Fulgens, is America's gold expert, and he recently met with financial guru Steve Forbes to discuss trends in pressure. Metals and both experts agree that gold could hit 2,500 an ounce in 2024. That's nearly a 25% gain from today's price per ounce. If you want to make a sound money investment, then add gold and silver to your portfolio now and keep adding as part of your regular investment strategy. Gold's been used as money for over 2,500 years. Call Universal Coin and Bullion at 1 800 UCB Gold. That's 1 800 UCB Gold or check out universalcoin.com slash. Mark Moss. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs then medium wigs. Also, small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution each and every week, of course. Talking about the way the world is changing, looking at through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. Of course, technology being Bitcoin, which is that decentralized technology that is changing the world. You know, we say if you change the money, if you fix the money, you can fix the world, which is a really big claim. Fix the money, fix the world. How can you say that? Well, it there's a lot of reasons why. One, it's because of incentives. Uh, Warren Buffett's um, partner, Charlie Munger, says, show me the incentives and I'll show you the outcome. And a lot of people think that money is neutral. Money is a tool. Uh, money can be used for good. Money can be used for evil. And that sounds right. As a matter of fact, I've believed that to be true most of my life. But I've recently kind of, uh, over the last couple of years, come to think that it's not actually true at all. Now, I guess, I guess it's true when you think about money, but then you have to then ask yourself, well, what is money? So, okay, that's true for money, but then what is money? So then money is also a neutral tool, but what we consider money today, most of us, is currency or fiat currency or dollars or if you're in a different country, whatever currency you have. Fiat currency is currency. It's not money. JP Morgan, the founder of JP Morgan Bank, actually JP Morgan, went before Congress in the early 1900s, and he said, gold is money, nothing else. Everything else is credit. So dollars were debt on top of gold, which was real money. So gold, God's money, real money, is neutral. It can be used for good or bad. I can use it to pay for someone's bills if they're down and on their luck, or I can pay to uh, someone to go hurt somebody else, right? So that, that, that gold would be neutral, but that's money. Currency, fiat currency, dollars is not that at all. Fiat currency is a system built on theft, on lies, and deceit. What do I mean by that? What do I mean? What do I mean it's built on theft? Well, every time the government decides to print more dollars, they steal from you. They steal your purchasing power. Every new dollar created decreases the purchasing power of your existing dollars. When you saw that this month they brought inflation down, hooray, congratulations, the CPI came down, now we're down to 7.1. So that means you need to work about, uh, that means you need about 300 more dollars this month than you needed last month just to have the same quality of life. 
Now, if you make 30 bucks an hour, that's 10 hours more you have to work this month. They stole 10 hours of your life. That's, that's theft. That's stealing from your family. You could have put the time in your family. That's put time you could have put into yourself to learn new skills. That's, that's, they're stealing from your retirement account. They're stealing from you. That's your life energy they just stole. So that's a system that's, a, that's based off inflation, which is theft. It's also built on lies and deceit. Do you know how many dollars are created? Do you know how many dollars will be created tomorrow? Do you know how many dollars will be created over the next year? No, of course you don't. You have no idea. And, and you, they, they don't even tell you. They, don't, they, don't, they, they deceive you and they lie to you. Not only do they deceive you, they also lie to you because they say, oh, but we're not creating money, but really they are over here. But we just didn't call it that. So it's a, it's a system built off theft, lies, and deceit. And so everything built off of that system is also built off of theft, theft lies, and deceit. And so it incentivizes that. Now, uh, one, of the, one of the quotes that I use all the time from Vladimir Lenin, not Vladimir, uh, not Putin, but Lenin from uh, the 1900s, Russia, he said that the best way to, to destroy capitalism would be to debouch the currency, to destroy the currency. And you would do it through inflation. And through inflation, you can confiscate arbitrarily. I mean, I can just steal whatever I want whenever I want just by inflation. I don't have to tell anybody about it. I'm just printing money. People are, people are watching the news going, inflation, inflation, inflation. Gas is getting more expensive. Steak's getting more expensive. I don't know. No, they're not getting more expensive. They've stole the value from your currency. So now you need to spend more of it. And so... They can steal arbitrarily. And he says that eventually, um, he says, eventually uh, you'll lose all relation and the, uh, to money, and the best way to get rich will be through gambling and theft, which is exactly what we have today. And so it incentivizes a system where we only can get wealthy through stealing from others and, or, or gambling, right? The lottery, the crypto casino, NFT, you know, ape zone, whatever. And that's where we're at. And so it's not, the fiat money system is not neutral. It's evil. It's theft, lies, deceit. Now, the opposite of um, lies would be truth. The opposite of deceit would be transparency, Right? And that's what Bitcoin is. So Bitcoin is truth. It's math. It's, it's transparent. It's open for anyone to look at. Now, I, I've said before, one of the greatest tricks, the, the two greatest tricks the Federal Reserve Central Banks ever played on us was one, telling us that our money supply had to expand. And two, that asset prices going up is a good thing. And so we've been told that our money supply has to expand. And I hear it all the time. Like, it has to expand, right? How, how can we have a growing economy if the money supply doesn't expand, Mark? So the Fed says, well, well let's just have a 2% inflation. And that way the money supply expands as, as, as the population grows. Or so they can just steal 2% per year, which if you do the math, that's 10% every five years. Pretty, pretty big for them. In an $80 trillion economy, I'll take 10% of that, would you? And so they, 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 they teach us that. But if that's true, then I would ask yourself this question. 
why do we have to have a money system built on theft if inflation is theft? And how is inflation not theft? If they're able to create more money and put those units in their pocket or as, use them as they see fit, the cancel-on effect, uh, inversely affecting or, or helping those closest to that money supply, right? They print the money, they give it to their buddies, their, their projects. If that's not theft, I don't know what it is. Um, so then why do we need a system built on theft? And of course, the answer is, <laughs> it's insane. Of course, we don't. That would be insane. So we don't need that. And then you start to ask yourself, okay, well, then what would be the opposite? Well, that'd be a system without inflation, right? There you go. Now, it's very difficult to understand one system when you're stuck inside of an existing system. I get it. So when you're in the system that we're in today, and th these are problems that I even have for myself and in conversations I have with other people. It's like, well, how would it work? What does it look like? Well, it's very hard to, it's very hard to say, right? We're hypothesizing. But what I do know, I know in my heart of hearts, is that we don't have to live in a system where one person's able to steal from another. I do know that. I do know that if we don't incentivize theft and stealing, that the world will be better. I do know that. What does it look like exactly? I mean, I don't know. We, we, we've never really seen that before. Right? Even when we were on a gold-backed system, we had gold coins, but those gold coins would be debased. They'd be clipped all day. And so we, we probably have never really seen that before. Will it be better? Will it be worse? Well, both. I guess it depends on which side are you on. Are you on the theft side? Are you on the side adversely benefiting from that? Or are you on the side that's adversely being affected by it? It just depends. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about money, fixing the money, fixing the world. I got a story coming back about how much the money that we have is broken and a better way to fix it. I'll be back with that in more in a minute. Don't go away. It's that time of year again. The U.S. Mint is making the new 2024 American Silver Eagle and American Gold Eagle coins, and there's no better time to buy than now. Gold rose 23% in the past 13 months, and silver's up 27%. Plus, they're both still climbing. Get the newest gold and silver coins of the year from my trusted friends at Universal Coin and Bullion by calling 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Their company president, Dr. Mike Fulgens, is America's gold expert, and he recently met with financial guru Steve Forbes to discuss trends in precious metals. And both experts agree that gold could hit 2,500 an ounce in 2024. That's nearly a 25% gain from today's price per ounce. If you want to make a sound money investment, then add gold and silver to your portfolio now and keep adding as part of your regular investment strategy. Gold's been used as money for over 2,500 years. Call Universal Coin and Bullion at 1-800-UCB-GOLD. That's 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Or check out universalcoin.com slash Mark Moss. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 
Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution and talking about, I was talking about the intersection of politics, finance, and technology so we can see how the world is changing. Before the break, I went on a little rant talking about money and how money can fix the world, which I know is a really big, big statement. I could I could do an episode every single week on how it's going to fix the world, right? Fix the money, fix the world kind of a thing. But I know that a lot of times people in the United States specifically have a problem understanding why we need to fix the money. What, like, what does that even mean? Like our money's pretty good, right? But that's in the United States. If you are one of 3 billion people living under very harsh authoritarian regimes with double to triple digit inflation, <laughs> you don't, you don't, that, that, you would laugh if somebody asked you that question. You're doing everything you can to get rid of that currency, right? You don't want that currency. In most cases, you can't, right? In most cases, you can't because what happens is they try to enforce what they call uh, capital controls. They want to keep you locked in. They, they don't want, they don't want that escape valve out of the system. So you don't have to ask somebody in, in Lebanon or Venezuela or Argentina or Peru or Turkey, like what's wrong with your money? Like they could give you a million reasons why, like in, um, in, uh, Nigeria, they are trying to push this new central bank digital currency, the Inayara. And, um, the people are like, why, why, why would we buy the Inara? It's the same thing as that regular Inara. It's horrible. We don't want it, right? They know that. But, for, but in the U.S., we still think our money is pretty good. But we're seeing more and more and more and more why it's not so good. So obviously inflation being one of those, right? Again, if you can get your mind around that it's not that prices are getting more expensive, it's that your dollars just buy you less and less goods, which is exactly what's happening in other countries, just at a much faster pace. But what about what about our ability to even use our money? That's a whole different story. Now, like I said, about 3 billion people live under very harsh authoritarian regimes and with double to triple digit inflation. So those are two separate issues. So the double triple triple digit inflation, meaning that every day your money buys you half as many goods and services as it did the day before. That's really bad. But what about the harsh authoritarian regime part? So for an example, in North Korea... You know, you're not allowed to have money. They come into your house every single day. And if they find any money, they steal it from you. Or if you're in Afghanistan right now, um, you know, the Taliban is watching over all the payments and they're just taking money as they see fit. The girl that does my hair, she's from Afghanistan and she can't even get money to people back in Afghanistan because there's no way to send it because the, the Taliban will just take it. So there's two different issues there. Now in the United States, we mostly don't have to 
worry about that, right? I mean, sure, inflation, but it's not that bad. 7%, it's not like 50%, 7%. Um, And, you know, our money doesn't really get stopped, right? Does it? Does it? Well, (laughs) have you heard about something called civil asset forfeiture? Most people haven't. Um, Yeah, civil asset forfeiture amount. Let me look this up. 2021. Let's see what we come up with here. I want to say it was something like in in the last year or two, it was like, oh, here we go. $68 billion civil asset forfeiture abuse, why it should be ruled. Um, it says $68 billion over the last 20 years have been taken through what's called civil asset forfeiture. In South Carolina alone, one state um, confiscated $17 million alone, one state. 17 million alone last year. 68 billion dollars. So what this means is that it's not it's it's just civil asset forfeiture. They see it, they t- they want it, they take it. They pull you over, they find cash, they take it, and they take the car with it. They they see money in your account, they take the money in your account. Now, you can try to go get the money back. You can. Um you can, you know, you don't have any money anymore, so you can't go hire an attorney, so that's pretty hard. And then you're probably really more worried about trying to figure out how to make more money so you can pay your bills because they took all your money, so now you got to figure that out. But somehow, you're going to have enough money to go fight the state, right? And so in most cases, they don't. Now, I'm just throwing this out there so you can go do your own due diligence on this, but about $68 billion, billion has been taken in the United States. This happens. Now we have uh, PayPal doing the exact same thing. You know, PayPal announced that they can take up to $2,500 from your account if you say the wrong thing. No due process. Whatever happened to innocent until proven guilty? <clears throat> what happened to, you know, due process of law? That's all gone. And so these are starting to get people to think about how can we do money better? PayPal was started to be this, uh, you know, this new app to empower individuals. And it quickly changed. Now, the, the original founders of PayPal, what's called the PayPal Mafia, it was Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, David Sachs, they're all champions of free speech, and they've all expressed shock and dismay at what's going on in PayPal. But if, if, you're, if, if they freeze that money, that's basically destroying your life economically, destroying your life, right? Limits your ability to exercise your political voice, right? Your, your First Amendment is gone. Right, your Second Amendment, uh, all, it's gone. Right, you don't have any. You have no freedom if you have no ability to transact. So you destroy people economically, and that's that's almost the worst thing that you can do. Now, when they launched it, what they what they had hoped, Peter Thiel said, "quote PayPal will give citizens worldwide more direct control over their currencies than they've ever had before." He said, it will be nearly impossible for corrupt governments to steal wealth from their people through their old means, because if they try, people will just switch to dollars or pounds or yen, in effect, dumping worthless currencies for something more secure. But what if it's not the currency itself that's the problem, but it's an actual payment network like PayPal? Now, since those early days of PayPal, PayPal's grown. It's got 429 million active accounts, 58% of Americans, almost 60, almost six out of 10 Americans use PayPal in 2021. That's a lot, six out of 10 Americans. But it's become a police officer deciding what's right and what's wrong. 
who gets to be heard, who doesn't get to heard, be heard. What it's good for you to spend your own money on and what it's not good for you to spend your own money on. And of course, to make sure none of these bad people fall through the cracks, PayPal t- teamed up with a whole bunch of people to help them figure this out. The Anti-Defamation League, the ADL, the Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center, which sound like they would be good organizations, but who's to say who gets to spend their own money or not? Now, like I said before, PayPal updated their acceptable use policy, which clears the way for even more suspensions. Anything they deem to be quote-unquote objectionable, they can hit you with a $2,500 penalty. And there's no clarity on this. So what do you do? It's not the money in... in uh, in. Uh, Peter Thiel's original content, he said, hey, if uh, no government could do this to you because you could just switch to euro, yen, or dollars. But it's PayPal. It's the, pay- it's the payment mechanism. And we're in a digital world. But the revolt is here. The revolt is here. We have another way. Now, I made a video on my main YouTube channel, so you can check it out, Elon Musk's real reason for buying Twitter, which I argue is to make a new payment network. And that looks like what it's about to be here. Um, This author reached out to Elon Musk and said, uh, are you worried about the company you helped found, PayPal, is now part of an emerging private social credit system? And is buying Twitter in part an effort to fulfill the mission that PayPal seems to have abandoned? And he replied with one word, definitely. And so... There's a need. You may not have a need right now, but there's a need. People have a need. $68 billion were taken with no due process, and they have a need. And Bitcoin is here. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing through politics, finance, and technology. Covered a lot today. That's what I got. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. After six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 